Well, welcome again to our review of systematic theology. Hopefully my recording will pick us up since it's raining, yay, um, pretty loud. We are on session number five. We're going to be looking at the inspiration and authority of scripture. And just a quick review, first four sessions, we did the introduction to systematic theology and defined it. We did scope and purpose of theology, why it matters. We did general revelation and natural theology, then special revelation, and now we're on to inspiration and authority of scripture. Next time we'll be looking at the infallibility and inerrancy of scripture. So I thought this time we'll try this format. We'll, um, I'm going to go through kind of a high-level like um, outline uh, of the discussion. You, if you're a note-taker, you feel free to take notes. Um, but to get in your minds and your head what, what we're looking at this time, and also to you know take notes and remember. But then, then after that, we will watch our video and then come back and go through our, our review sheet like we always do. So we're going to kind of split it in half this time. Instead of the video at the front or the end, we're going to do it in the middle. See how that works out. All right. So here are kind of your, your main themes that we're looking at. Um, the material cause of the Reformation was the doctrine of justification by faith alone. We probably all know that. But uh, lurking uh, closely underneath it was the issue of authority. That is the authority of Scripture. Um. Luther's debates uh, led him to state uh, that his views didn't agree with uh, some of the church councils and popes. He questioned their authority because he must be convinced by Scripture in order for those things to be authoritative. Um, so you can see that was very important in the Reformation. This leads us to the idea of sola scriptura, uh, which of course means Scripture alone. Um, and Arthur, I don't know if you're if you're re reading the Reformed Catholicity book with the men's class or not, but um, if you are, then you've probably been reading a lot about sola scriptura lately. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so basically, the idea is Scripture alone uh, has the absolute authority to bind the consciences of believers. Um, so n nothing outside of Scripture has that type of authority. Every other authority is subordinate. Um, so, we, other authorities would be the church and councils, confessions, creeds, etc. So, it's not that those aren't at all authoritative, but they're all subordinate to Scripture. Um, okay, so the a question of authority is also closely related to the authorship of Scripture, and you can probably see why that matters. Um, you can't justify the authority of Scripture without discussing the authorship of Scripture. So we know that the Bible uh, was physically written by humans, was penned by um, humans. Uh, but the ultimate author, and this is where it gets its authority, the ultimate author is God himself. So we look at here how God revealed himself through these spokespersons. And... Um, the pro for, for example, the prophets would uh, often say, thus saith the Lord, meaning what they were speaking wasn't their own words. They're speaking God's words as revealed to them and then they're the messenger. Well, this is a similar example. Prophets and the apostles are pinning scripture, but they're just the messenger. God is the true author. Um, 
So mention messages from God, and they're only communication, communicating the message. So we look at two uh, Latin phrases, um, verbum Dei, which means the word of God, and walks Dei, which means the voice of God. Um, if you're not familiar much with Latin, the, these are spelled with V's, so it looks like verbum, but in Latin you pronounce a V kind of like a W sound. Um, so it looks like verbum Dei and vox Dei. The Bible is uh, the word of God, same as if God spoke it from the clouds. And that's the point of the authority of Scripture. Uh, and so this comes from uh, inspiration. That's why we talk about the inspiration uh, of Scripture. And let's look at 2 Timothy 3.16. Uh, does anyone have a Bible or phone that can pull that up? Hear the thunder. That's a nice sound. <laughs> Thank you. So yes, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's another translation. Um, it is written, uh, which we see in the Bible often, uh, meant that uh, it is biblical writing. So for instance, when, when Jesus said it, or when you know, even a Pharisee said it, when they say it is written, that means they're talking about scripture. Uh, and, that, and that's an important point because... He looks at it in the video, but he talks about the exact uh, words used there. And um, if you don't understand that it, it is written as a term that they understood to mean scripture, then, I mean, if you heard it is written for the very first time, you, okay, someone wrote something down somewhere, so what? But when they said it is written, that meant the authoritative uh, word of God. Uh, so by inspiration... Uh, Paul means, and then he gets into a Greek word, theopnust. And that word basically means God breathed. Um, but he also points out that specifically it means God breathed out or expiration. So he talks about, um, if you wanted to be more little with, literal with the translation um, in 2 Timothy 3.16, where some translations say all scripture is given by inspiration of God, more literally, it would be all scriptures given by expiration of God, meaning it's what God breathed out, his words he breathed out. Um, let's see, the, um, so the origin of scripture is God, he is the source, and that is the point to the authority of scripture, that God is the source. God inspires the authors to write what they write, it's not human initiation. And the doctrine of inspiration, which uh, equals, that is what we call the way that God superintends what is written in Scripture. And that is something that's often debated. How did, that, how did God do that? How did God superintend the uh, writing of Scripture uh, through the prophets and apostles? So then you get into some of the theories on that. Um, and he points out um, this theory called mechanical inspiration, uh, or similarly, um, dictation theory, and it's exactly what it sounds like. So that would be the theory that 
the writers were sim simply machines, tools, and and God was just making them write what he wanted them to write, like physically. So that, that meant there was no interjection at all of the human authors. So that would mean that their personalities, for example, didn't come through their writings. Um, or dictated, uh, dictation theory, so dictated to them, that would be like a... a Businessman or something dictating to his secretary, you know, take this, take this down. This will be exactly what I say. She's going to write it down on a piece of paper or type it up on the typewriter, and that's the dictation theory. Um, that is not something that we adhere to. Um, that is something um, that some of the the um, I think he calls it uh, neo orthodox believe that um, the church in general throughout history has not not taught this. That is mechanical or dictation. Uh, theory. Uh, dictante, which equals the Holy Spirit dictating, um, that is something that the Roman church came up with. Um, we would disagree with that. Uh, but just a manner of speaking. Uh, so scripture does not explain God's superintending of, of scripture. So that is one of, one of the questions that will come up later. So exactly how it was done. Scripture doesn't tell us exactly how God superintended um, his overview of the writing of scripture through the humans. So we don't have the details, but we know that he did. Um, scripture does indeed um, contain the personalities of the writers, but is under God's supervision. And that's why we know that, um, that it's inerrant and infallible, which we'll get into next time. So the writers did indeed have some of their personality. I mean, you read Paul's stuff. How can you not see Paul all over it? So we know that their personality is there, but yet what they're presenting, we know is what God wanted presented is God speaking. So, um, so verbal inspiration, uh, meaning it extends to the very words of Scripture, not just to the general message. So there are some who believe that, yes, uh, the Bible is the word of God. But it's, it's the general message. It'd be like kind of like the telephone game, right? Like I, I tell you to go, Misty's not here, and I, hey, Arthur, go, go give this message to Misty. And you go, and you're not going to remember to state it exactly the same way I stated it. You're going to change it a little bit. Um, so that would be the idea of, so my general message got to Misty, but not my word for word of what I said. So uh, the verbal inspiration would mean that we believe that every word in the, in the Bible is what God intended it to be, not just the general overall message of it. Um, so much study and debate on the, on the exact words of the Bible uh, has been given, but we can look at what Jesus said about not a jot or tittle shall pass away, which would mean that not a single word of God is uh, unnecessary or superfluous, so, if we look at it from the standpoint of what Jesus said, it's, it seems to indicate that Jesus himself believed that Scripture is, as it calls, uh, verbally, verbal inspiration, meaning every word is the Word of God. Um, many theologies deny verbal inspiration. Uh, mentioned already, Neo-Orthodox um, says the Bible is only uh, written as a witness to revelation but it is not revelation itself so it's describing uh, the revelatory events that happened but 
the book itself is not revelation. Obviously, we don't believe that, but that's what uh, neo-Orthodox believe. The Orthodox would say that the, the Bible is God's truth. The Bible itself is the revelation of God. Okay, so that is your highlights of our message today. Um, so we are going to pause now. We'll go through the video, and then we'll come back and look through our, our review and our questions. Okay, we have now finished watching our video for inspiration and authority of Scripture. So let's run through our review here and look at our questions. So sola scriptura means Scripture alone and originates from Martin Luther's conflict at the Diet of Worms. The Reformers believe that the Bible is the very Word of God, and their stance on the inspiration and authority of Scripture is necessary for the study of theology today. Look at the authority of Scripture. The doctrine of justification by faith alone was the material cause of the Reformation, but the authority of Scripture was also an issue. Sola Scriptura means that Scripture alone has the absolute right to bind our consciences. Councils and creeds do not have the same authority of the authorship of the Bible. Thus saith the Lord, our welcome day, our walks day, the word and voice of God. Inspiration of Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16 teaches the doctrine of the nature of the inspiration of Scripture. We looked at that. The Theopneus uh, means that all of Scripture is breathed out by God. Expiration, as he, as he pointed out, it would technically be. God superintends the writing of Scripture by human authors, but it is not mechanical or dictational inspiration. Although human writers' uh, personalities show through, God carefully guarded them from inflicting sin upon the texts. Verbal inspiration and jot and tittle inspiration uh, means that every single word of Scripture is God-breathed. Liberal and neo-Orthodox ideas deny verbal inspiration, teaching that the Bible is only a witness to Revelation and not to Revelation itself, which, of course, we deny. So let's uh, look at our questions. What is the uh, Reformed position about councils, creeds, and confessions? They are secondary to the supreme authority of Scripture. Uh, what process did God use to breathe out His Word? And that's process of inspiration that we talked about. What is the view of inspiration claiming God overrode personalities of human authors in Scripture? We looked at that, mechanical. In what uh, precise manner did God inspire the biblical writers to record his word? And Scripture doesn't tell us that. Has the church historically believed that the inspiration of the Bible is verbal extending to very words of Scripture. And yes, historically, that's what the church believes and has taught. Besides the words of the Bible, what did Jesus say was inspired in Scripture? And he quoted uh, Jesus as saying, jot and tittle. That's pretty specific. <laughs> All right, so let's have some discussion points now. Um, so what, what were the two main causes of the Reformation? talked about it. Testing to see if you guys are awake. <laughs> the debate on authority. Yep, that was, that was one of them. 
church of Rome or the world. Okay, authority was one of them, and what was the other big one? Justification by faith alone. Okay, uh, what is the relationship between authorship and authority of the Bible? How are those two intertwined? You guys are so talkative tonight. <laughs> You're mesmerized by the rain, I guess. Any ideas on authorship and authority? How are those intertwined? Do they overlap at all? That relationship. I'm trying to think of how to expand on that. Well, there's there's the author, right? <laughs> right. Well, let, let me let me phrase it another way. Um, how, how does authority of scripture um, come from authorship of scripture? In other words, does, does the Bible? What kind of authority would the Bible have, dependent depending upon who the ultimate author of the Bible is? How are, you know what I'm saying? How? Okay. Is, uh, the authority is the is God. Divine authority is comes from right. God. So if the if the ultimate author of Scripture isn't God, God, well, if it isn't, what does that do to the authority of Scripture? Divides it among people, and off you go to the races. Right. Exactly. Could be anybody, and I guess uh, it's an interesting thing about all this. And that this whole time I've been thinking, it's like you know, God is so awesome. It's like there's built-in uh, checks and balances, like the what was it, the mechanical thing, and what was the other one, the dictation. Thing. Like, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, because I mean, there's enough fraudulent stuff out there in the first place. But if that was the case, it's like well, anybody could say, oh. God made me do look, it says um, uh, <laughs> Arthur is the supreme, you know, apostle of whatever. You know, it's, it opens it up to a lot of fraud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, I'm getting a little off there, but and, and I think just the, the literary style of, of the Bible shows us how the personalities of the the authors shine through in the writings, even though we know that the writings are divinely inspired in the Word of God, um, yet there's still this mix of the personalities of, of the human authors because we have such differences in the literary styles. I mean, it's quite a big difference between, um, you know, looking at Psalms, for example, versus looking at Leviticus. It's a big difference in literary style. So, oh, yeah. It's different in place in history, walks of life. You know, this whole time it makes me think of the providence. It's all worked towards a purpose, you know. I mean, we've been saying in the studies that we don't exactly know, mm. you know, how, how this works, but uh, I think of providence, you know, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
which as we know from what we've discussed before, you know, in a special revelation, God has revealed what we need to know. So if God didn't tell us exactly how he superintended the writing of his word, we don't need to know that. It's not necessarily to know that, to understand that it was divinely inspired. <laughs> um, what do we know about the way in which God inspired scripture? Speaking of what we were just talking about. And what are examples of wrong ideas about it? Author, you That's going back to the yeah. mechanical. What was the other word? Dictation. Yeah, so he, he said uh, mechanical inspiration or dictation theory. Yeah. That's the wrong ideas, right? Yeah, those would be examples of wrong ideas. Exactly. Yeah, then the way that it was inspired, we don't know because the Bible doesn't say it. That's where a lot of those uh, cults and things, you know, say, oh, yeah, and told me to write this down. Yeah. And I think of Joseph Smith. Like the Mormons. Oh, right. Like right. Uh, that. Yeah. Like scripture right. was inspired by. Right. But you know, it makes me makes me think about. It. So the Bible records to us the stories of the prophets in the Old Testament, right? But the prophets, they did say, "Thus saith the Lord," and they delivered a message that was dictation from from God. This is what God told me to tell you. So we have both dictated word of God, but we also have non-dictative around that because we get to hear the whole story of the prophet, not just what the prophet said. You know, um, can you imagine if all we had was the exact words of what the prophet said, but no context to it? Don't know who the prophet was. Don't know what the circumstance was at the time. Yeah. We just have this one little, you know, blip of a message. So, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting to me that um, you know, small little snippets you could say were dictated, but overall, Bible well, did not. You're absolutely right. If you took out the context, yeah. <laughs> a mess, wouldn't it? Yes, absolutely. Or even Jesus himself, if we only had the red letters, right? Yeah. If we only had the words of Christ, but no context to who Christ was, it would be a very incomplete revelation. <laughs> All right, um, and then finally, what is propositional revelation? Talked about it at the end there. So he was kind of he was talking about the difference between uh, the Bible itself being revelation and the Bible being a witness to revelation. Um, so that's the idea, therefore, that. Um, the Bible tells us about God's revelation through these events and through these messages of prophets and apostles, but that the scripture itself isn't a revelation. It's just a record of revelation. Does that make sense? You see the difference between revelation and just a record of revelation that happened? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and obviously we, we reject that. We, we believe the Bible itself is revelation. Okay, so any uh, any thoughts or comments before we wrap up this session? Was it helpful? Was it um, learn anything from it? Good.
Okay, like I said, next time, uh, I don't know what the date is. Look at my calendar here. July 25th, uh, we'll meet for number six, the infallibility and inerrancy of Scripture. So we're kind of working our way through Scripture here. Um, and then I'm, I'm actually looking forward to part seven when we get into the canon, because um, hopefully I can share some so stuff I learned about it to add to our video series. All right, well, um, Arthur, would you close us in prayer? Oh, Lord God, we thank you so much for, for the rain. Uh, thanks for, for that. We've been praying for it. And it's wonderful to uh, receive your blessing of rain today. And also the, the blessing of this study to get deeper into your uh, your word and, and your authority in the word and all the things that we learned tonight. And pray, Lord, that we can um, keep this in our minds uh, always and uh, just always take your word to heart, Lord. Um, look over everyone as we head home, Lord. Keep us safe out there in um, the rain, especially after a dry spell. And um, we, we just love you, God, and, and thank you for all the blessings in our lives and all the blessings to come. Jesus, name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.